want to continue on in our sin series, and I think that's um, appropriate since we're in Lent, and uh, Lent is a season where um, we focus on repentance and on what Christ did for us on the cross. And uh, Romans uh, chapter 6 uh, talks about um, how we should view sin in our lives. Um, now that we have come to faith in Christ, we talked last week about how uh, Jesus' Christ, Jesus' sacrifice forgives our sins but also purifies our conscience and helps uh, uh, in the process of getting rid of that source of sin within our hearts and lives. There, there's transformation and purification in Christ when we accept Him as Savior. But how then should we live after uh, that knowledge of salvation and after receiving it? Um, what happens to, to the Christian after this? And Paul explains this quite well um, throughout the book of Romans. But I want to read to you beginning in Romans chapter 6, um, beginning at verse 5. It says this, For if we have been united with Him in a death like His, we shall sh certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. We know that our old self was crucified with Him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to it. For one who has died has been set free from sin. Now if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with Him. We know that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death He died to, he died to sin once for all. But the life He lives, He lives to God. So you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body do not, to make you obey its passion. Do not present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. For sin will have no dominion over you, since you are not under law, but under grace. Let's pray this morning. Lord, we just ask God that you'd help us to understand your word today and then live according to it. Let your word go forward, Lord, and, and not return void. And it's in your name I pray and ask all these things. Amen. Many people wonder, and I think it's a common among mankind uh, and, and among people, to um, wonder what their purpose in life is. What, what is my purpose in life? Why am I here? What am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to be? And a lot of times when we ask that question, we begin looking at things like um, a career in the future, and we, we prepare for that, that career. Or, or we look to um, the idea of having a family and, and how I prepare for, for, for having a family, how I understand uh, th that, that marriage relationship and how I understand having a family in the future or, or, or planning for my retirement. Um, and we, tend to, we think, tend to think about purpose. We think about our career and our future and those kinds of things, wondering what we should be and what we should, should do. And, uh, and sometimes... Uh, what we end up finding a lot of times is um, we, we find failure and disappointments. Um, we, we have a longing for things that in, in this world that we should have done or wish we had done 
or, or, or the career I wish I'd have gotten involved in. And, and, and we tend to have, have a focus on this life and this world when we think about um, our, our purpose in life. And a lot of times when, when we focus on the things of this world and, and our purpose in life and, and we think about that future, we, we, we find a lot of failure and disappointment. And even, even if we're able to pick ourselves up and, and, and dust ourselves off and, and try to turn things around and move forward, uh, a lot of times we find ourselves hurt and saddened, um, even depressed, not finding any meaning or purpose in life. And, and, and what's worse is that, is that we're, we're mortal creatures who, who are prone to death, and we think, well, what's the purpose of it all if I'm just going to die and I can't take any of it with me? I, I just leave it to, to future generations. Uh, a lot of people find that um, depressing, and we find that, that we don't really have any real purpose and meaning in life. And some of the great philosophers have, have realized that and, and, and unfortunately have, have uh, you know, gave up their own lives with suicide or something like that, looking at the purposelessness of life. Or they try to say that, okay, my purpose is in my continuance through my offspring. But what happens if you don't have any offspring? Uh, you know, that's, that, that's the thing that a lot of people deal with. What, what is my purpose in life? And what happens, you know, um, you know what, what, what's the real meaning of all of it? But I can tell you that according to God's word, he has a purpose for each and every person. The problem is, is that because of sin, we're blinded to it. Because, because of our sin, uh, we're, we're blinded to the great purposes of God. Sin leaves us bound up, separated from God. And because we're separated from God in, in our sin, we uh, miss His great and glorious purpose for us. But God saw this situation that we were in, sent His Son Jesus Christ to free us from this condition so that we can find God's purposes again and, and, and serve Him and live for Him as we should. He did that through His Son Jesus Christ and, and we find our meaning and purpose in life in serving God. So the Apostle Paul, when he's talking about God's great salvation, he says, what, what does that mean? Um, th this salvation. Well, he, he talks about, of course, the cross. And, and everything Paul taught, you know, when, when he teaches about the Christian faith all through uh, the, the Bible, all, all through the New Testament, all through his letters. And, and really, Romans is about the last letter that he wrote, even though it appears as, as the first of his letters. Uh, it's actually about the last thing that he wrote. It's sort of his um, final um, goodbye to, to the church, he, he lays out the, the cross and, and its effects in, a, in, in our lives. Paul connects back to the gospel of Jesus Christ through the cross. The, the cross is always in Paul's vision here. And he says that, that as believers in Jesus Christ, what we are really doing is we're, we're participating in the crucifixion that Christ went through. We share in, in, in the death that He went through. And, and in this sense, and it, and it is in a metaphorical sense, that our life of sin, which separated us from God and kept us bound up and, and, and kept us from 
uh, finding our meaning and purpose in life, that, that sinfulness within us, Christ suffered and died for that sin so that sin could die within us. In other words, the, the old life of sin that, that we were living before we met with Jesus Christ, it dies on the cross, just like Christ died on the cross. It dies on the cross of our, of our lives within and, and is now swept away. It's gone. It's, it's, it's in the past because of what Christ has done for us. Those who believe in Christ's sacrifice for sins thus share in Christ's death. Christ, when He came to, to this world, He took on human flesh and, and, dwelt, and dwelt among us. And He had to take on human flesh, mortal flesh, because He was um, to die for our sins as, as, as a God, as being the Son of God. He is the eternal Son of God and cannot die. He had to take on human flesh in, in order to redeem us so that He could suffer and die for our sins. When, when, when those, those priests and, and those uh, Roman soldiers and, and others laid their hands on Jesus to strike Him, to beat Him, it was just as if, like in the Old Testament, when, when the priest laid his hand on the sacrifice and passed the sins of the, of the people onto that, that, uh, that goat or, or that, that bull, the same thing was happening to Jesus. When, when they struck Him, when the Roman guard struck Him, when the high priest slapped Him across the face, it was as if they were laying their sins upon Jesus. They did it unwittingly, but, but they were. Every strike, every blow that Jesus received was the laying on of sin on, on, onto Him. And then when He was on the cross, He suffered and died so that those sins would be destroyed and its power broken. The sins of the whole world were piled upon Him. Christ suffered and died for those sins. So that all who now believe in Him and, and who accept His sacrifice for sins, they realize that, that their old life has been crucified with all of its sinfulness, and it has died along with Christ as, as He died. But the difference in, is, is this, is that we know that Jesus Christ, being God, could not stay dead, <laughs> Being the eternal, all-powerful God, could not stay dead. He rose again to new life. And, 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 and the life that He um, received, um, the, the, this new life, this resurrection, He lived toward, towards God the Father. And in the same way, as our sins die away within us because the old man, our old past life, has, has been crucified on the cross with Christ, we also have a resurrection of sorts in our own life, a new life where we begin again, a life that is freed from its sin and a life that, 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 that now lives for God. This, this is the mark of repentance, folks. When we repent, we're saying that I am done with my, my former life. I'm turning away from that and I'm turning towards God by faith. And, and our faith in Christ's sacrifice then becomes, becomes a reality within us. Repentance is, is a change of heart and mind, but the actual change comes through the cross of Jesus Christ. The old man is killed and is buried, 
along with Christ. But a new man emerges just as, as Christ resurrected and, and is um, very much alive. What Christ did, he, he did it in, in, in a real physical way. There was a physical resurrection. But there is a, a resurrection of sorts within us. And Paul wants us to understand this, that because of the cross, our old sins have passed away and a new life has, become, has come. This is what um, the Apostle John meant when he wrote, and, and he, he took Jesus' words when Jesus was speaking to, to one of the lawyers, Nicodemus, one of the religious leaders. He says, you must be born again. <laughs> you must be born again. Now, in the late 70s, we had what was called the Born Again Movement. And uh, it was largely led by Billy Graham and some other evangelical leaders. The Born Again Movement. Um, and and, and that, that's, that's right. We, we, we're born again. We're, we're born again whenever we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior. There, there, there's a renewal. The things of the past are gone. A new life has become. The old man has passed away. Behold, a new life begins um, in Jesus Christ, in service to God. This happens to anyone when they come to faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in His identity as the Son of God. Faith that He suffered and died as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Faith that He rose again to new life and is seated at the right hand of the Father. Faith that He gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit who um, points us to Christ who, who um, applies all the benefits of Christ's atonements uh, into our hearts and lives, is the fulfillment of God's promise to dwell with His people. God, God's Spirit is placed within us as, as a gift. And through Him, the process of, of sanctifying us begins. We are sanctified when we accept Christ as Savior. We are purified of our sins. But we still live in a corrupt world. We still live with, with, with the, the corruption of our past. You know, just because sin has been forgiven and has been swept away doesn't mean that its effects don't still exist within us. And we, and we need sanctified from all that. And, and the Spirit can, can do that for us if we rely on the Spirit. But I think it's glorious news to know that... That the old sinful ways have passed away, that have kept us bound up and weighted down in, in fruitless ventures, in, in a purposeless life. Because, it, because if we're still living in, in our sins and we're still living um, uh, in, in sinful ways without recognizing God, then, then we're caught up in, 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 in meaningless things that are only going to drag us down and, and unfortunately... They're, they're going to cause us to drift away from, from Christ and from God Himself and, and we'll find ourselves slipping into eternity, separated from God eternally, in a torturous place of loneliness called hell. But God did not want to leave us in that condition, which is why He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, who Himself suffered and died, so that sin could be defeated in us and then rose again so that we could live towards Him. Now this is a reality. For every believer who believes in Jesus Christ, this is a reality. 
Our old life has been swept away. A new life has come. And just because it's happening spiritually to us, or, or even in a metaphorical way, we, we might say, that, that there's, a, there's a reality that that sign, this symbol, points to. That, that there, there's a transformation that's happening. It's just like uh, metamorphosis. You know, when, when a, a worm goes into its cocoon, <laughs> and, and it spends, you know, a few, a few uh, months there, and then, then emerges as a beautiful butterfly, that, that's what's happening. The, 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 the old has passed away, the new has come. That transformation means something new has come forth. We have a new life in Jesus Christ. We have a new life that lives towards God. It, 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 it's a reality. Symbolized in, 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 the, in, in the death of self and, and in the resurrection of self. That's why, that's why Paul is using this language. And he is comparing it to what, the reality of what Christ did on the cross for our, for our sins. It's a reality that, that's happened within us as we believe in Jesus Christ and we accept Him, especially when, when we repent of our sins, because repentance is involved in faith. There, there is no, 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 no grace given that doesn't involve repentance and faith both. But that grace is supposed to be transforming. It, it brings us from death and life. We no longer have to call ourselves sinners, folks. And so many people... And believers and, and well-meaning believers, I'm not accusing them of anything except for being short-sighted. <laughs> there, there are many short-sighted believers who say that I'm not going to be anything but an old wretched sinner. I'm just a sinner saved by grace and that's it. That, that there's an old theory in, in theology and we talk about it sometimes. Well, I say it's an old theory, um, but it's been around for a while. The, the standing versus state theory. Standing meaning that my salvation only affects my standing before God, who is, who is the judge of all, and who has uh, condemned me as a sinner, but because of my faith in Jesus Christ, um, He no longer condemns me, He welcomes me in. Uh, in other words, God has changed His mind about me as, as, far, as, as far as His judgments go, and I, and I escape His judgment. My standing with God has changed. But there's also the idea of state. Um, in, in other words, a state as a condition that I'm living in. Has, you know, has, has Christ's salvation done something to change my sinful state? Has Christ's salvation, um, what He offered us on the cross, does it change me from being a sinful person uh, to, to become a person who, who lives for God and in righteousness? Is there, is there an inner transformation that's taking place? The answer is yes. So many people stop at the standing part, but they don't look at the state part. Christ's sacrifice changed my condition from, from being a dead person inside to, to being an alive person inside. A person whose sins have been taken away and a new life is in Him, I have not only been redeemed, I have not only been re forgiven, but I have been cleansed, I have been purified, I have been trans transformed into a new life. And we have to believe in that. Paul's Word says it. The Bible teaches it. There's a transformation, a change that must happen and occur within my heart and life.
And, 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 and if you're a person who is um, giving your heart and life to Jesus Christ, but you still find yourself struggling with sin, and sins keep falling back into this pattern of sin and repentance and sin and repentance, um, every time you sin, you're enslaving yourselves to sin. Paul, Paul says this here, we were enslaved to sin. If, if, if we're in sin, we're slaves to sin. We were enslaved in our sins. But if you continue as a believer in your sins, you're putting yourself back in, in chains, so to speak. You're putting yourself back, back into uh, enslavement to your own passions, uh, enslavement to, to the devil. Now, now I've been careful to um, also in this sin series to make a distinction between temptation and, and uh, sins as well. Temptation happens without we don't have to fall to it because of what Christ did as well. Um, you know, we can follow Christ's pattern of how He defeated the devil. Uh, when we talked about that in Matthew chapter 4, how He defeated the devil and, and His temptations. That's without, and that's not necessarily sin. It, it becomes sin when we allow it to enter into our hearts and lives and, and, uh, and we, and we um, act upon it. But our sins can be forgiven. We don't have to be in a pattern of sin and repentance and sin and repentance anymore. We are not just sinners saved by grace, we're sinners transformed by grace. And this is Paul's language here. The language of transformation. The old life has, has passed away and behold, a new life has come. Born again. Not just our standing before God, but a transformation within our hearts and lives. And so Paul tells them here that that's a reality, but we must also think about it and focus on it. He says, so you also must consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. If this is a reality and if, it, and if it's been done, then why does Paul need to say consider this? Because we're still willful people. We still have, have a will. We still have to will ourselves into faith. We still have to will ourselves into acceptance of what Christ has done for us on the cross. We have to will ourselves to, to continue to believe that I am dead to my sin, that, I, that I'm, in Christ I'm dead to sin, and in Christ I'm alive to God again. Because for one, we still live in, in a sin-darkened world and, and with all kinds of temptations around us, and, uh, and if we're not careful, we, we can follow those temptations and, and be in sin again. Or sometimes, um, as believers, in our hearts and minds, uh, we can get bound up in guilt and, and, and think, well, I can never measure up to what God wants, and, and I can keep, I'll, I'll keep failing, so, so what's the point? Paul says we have to continue to will ourselves to, to, to remember that my sins are past, and my future is bright in God. And we have that, that's called faith. You know, faith is not just a one-time thing when I ask Jesus to my heart and life. We've got to continue to live in faith. Consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ. Continue to believe the reality that Christ has done away with sin in our hearts and lives. Continue to have faith in what Christ has done. So that when those temptations come, we can say, you know, I'm dead to sin. I don't have, I don't have to fall into that temptation. Now, 
Can, can we still sin and follow, fall short? Yeah. Can, can we still fall away from God? Oh, yeah. And, and there's times that we have to come back and, and, and say, Lord, Lord, forgive me for that. We're not talking about a sinless perfection here. We're talking about what Christ has made available for us and the transformation that, that can happen within us. Sometimes it, it takes a while for that, trans, that transformation to take place. But we don't have to be bound up. We don't have to be, uh, uh, we don't have to be uh, people who sin every day in word, deed, and thought. We don't have to be caught up in sin again. We don't have to be called sinners anymore. Because of what Christ has done, because what God has done through Jesus Christ, and because I've received it into my life, I don't have to be bound by sin anymore. Now how does that tie back to purpose? Well, when, we, when we've become freed from our sins, when, when, when that old sin dies, it, it opens our eyes. <laughs> when that old sin dies, it opens our eyes to God and His purposes for us. In fact, Paul concludes here by saying, you know, don't present your members to sin as instruments for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and your members for, to God as instruments for righteousness. That's how we find our purpose in life, is as we come to God in, in full faith and repentance. He changes us to, to fulfill His purposes on earth. We, we are no longer instruments for sin and, 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 and the way we used to live. Now we're in, in, instruments for God in this world. And I can tell you, being an instrument for God is, is, is a far better thing because God has good and great purposes for the world. God wants to bless the world. God, God loves His creation. He's the one that made it. God, God loves you. God loves humanity. He loves His creation. He loves especially those that, that He made to relate to. Us human beings who are made in His image. God loves us and He wants to bless us and He wants to bless the world with this salvation. The problem is, is that, that the world is lost and bound up in its sin and, and, and in its heart and mind. It's, it's, it, the world is trapped. God wants to set every human being free and, so, and, and to bless them. So He wants to use us as, as messengers and witnesses of what, what He can do in the heart and life and how He can change people and bring them out of their sins. We find our purpose in life in, in, in serving God. Now that may happen in different ways. Sometimes God calls people to be pastors and preachers. Sometimes uh, God calls people to be teachers. Sometimes He calls them to be missionaries in foreign lands. Sometimes God just wants people to be out there in the regular world in, in, in the whatever career that they're in, um, out there in the workforce, being, being a witness to other people. Whatever God has for you, and, and this is the, one of the things that, that needs to happen in our hearts and lives, especially when, when we become believers and our old life of sin has passed away and, and, and a new life has come in God, we need to be asking ourselves, Lord, what do you want me to do? Not hearing the question, um, what, do I want to, what do you want to do when you grow up? 
Or, or, or what do you want to do when you retire? Or what, 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 what you want to do, what you want to do. We need to be asking ourselves, God, what do you want me to do? I think it's something we need to teach our kids too. Instead of saying, um, what do you want to be when you grow up? We need to be telling them, you know, you need to follow God and His plan for your life because ultimately all meaning and purpose comes from Him. Christ frees us so that we can become instruments of God's righteousness in the world, which is His purpose and plan. Whatever particular calling God gives to you, the overall plan is, is to win the world to His salvation, to, to, to change hearts and minds so that they're no longer bound up by sin, no longer blinded to God's goodness and His purposes, no longer blinded to God's love, but, but serving Him in faithfulness. And as believers, we need to constantly look at our lives and say, Lord, am I living in a way that's dead to sin and alive to Christ? And am I serving you as an instrument of your righteousness in the world, of your goodness, of your love? Finding real purpose and meaning in life is to think of ourselves as dead to our sins, alive to God, and, and we live as instruments of righteousness for Him. And how do we do that? Well, you know, as, as believers in Jesus Christ, what we do is we keep our eyes on, on God each and every day. When we wake up in the morning, we need to be thanking God that I'm awake this morning. We need to be praying to God for, for the needs of others. We, we, we need to be looking and talking to God. You know, Paul says pray consistently, pray constantly. It doesn't necessarily mean that, that we're always on our knees at, at, at an altar praying to God, but, but our, our daily conversation with God, just as, as if we're um, talking to someone uh, that, that's next to us in the room, that, that's how natural the, the conversation should be between us and God. Each and every day, we need to be conversing to God and have Him in our hearts and minds and keep our focus on Him daily. Decide each day that we're going to avoid temptations as they, when they come up. I mean, temptations are inevitable. Sin is not inevitable. We need to ask God to help us overcome our temptations. To shed out the things um, that, that may tempt us to fall. And, 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 and to keep our eyes focused on Him. Knowing God's Word is important too. Very important. We've talked about knowing God's Word because God defines what sin is for us. Jesus defeated the devil's temptations with God's Word. He knew it. Backwards and forwards. We need to be in daily study of God's Word in some way or another. It doesn't take long. It just takes a little bit consistently day in, day out. If you want to continue to live in a way that's dead to sin and alive to God, we need to be consciously and consistently thinking about Him and, and focusing our hearts and minds on Him, talking to Him daily, and, and being con, you know, conversant with God's Word. God speaks mostly through His Word. He speaks through the Holy Spirit, too, because believers have God's Spirit within them. He, 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 he promised God's Spirit to help lead us and guide us. But He speaks most often through this Word. He also speaks through other believers to us. But if we want to live in a way 
that, that, that we keep thinking of ourselves as dead to sin and alive to Christ. We have to avail ourselves of all the things that God has given us. His, his, his Word, His Holy Spirit, you know, other believers in the church to, to encourage us. Uh, and so often, all, all we want is the Sunday experience, but we don't want God in our daily lives. And this is why we fall right back into sin and, and we'll find ourselves enslaved and, and bound again. God doesn't want us to be bound by sin. God doesn't want us to be caught up in sin again. He wants us to consider ourselves dead to Him, dead to sin and alive to Him. And we can do that if, if we but focus on Him in our daily lives. Let's stand.